We want to know how he does it. How does Beethoven carry us along, engage us in such immense and daunting journeys as this, and move us beyond measure? The Brentano Quartet tells us about this, the slow movement of Razumovsky Quartet, Opus 59, Number 1. The slow movement of the quartet is a sort of lament, melancholic and noble. Poet Christian Wyman has written, Poetry is not written out of despair, which in its pure form is absolutely mute. The poetry that seems to come out of despair is actually a means of staving it off, a negative charge simply by virtue of realizing itself, of coming into existence, becomes a positive charge. And so it is here, no Hamlet unwinding under the force of doubt, but rather a chance for Beethoven unflinchingly to show the darkness and light a candle. There's a moment where the music comes to a standstill, having landed heavily drained of hope. Then, with one feather-light chord, Beethoven offers an alchemical transmutation, a vision in the relative major, a consolation. But it rankles a bit. How are we to believe this unearned sudden shift without preparation or explanation? After all, Beethoven at this point is no Buddhist holding contradictions lightly and filling the space between them with acceptance. He is the architect of the world. And we would expect from him an argument leading to this revelation. But then, later in the movement, come a few explanatory notes that the Brentano Quartet finds the most touching in the whole work. Again, he brings us to a luminescent harmonic world. And in the middle of the melodic unspooling in the first violin, he inserts five notes that are the traditional close of recitative passages. In just these few notes, Beethoven is able to let us know that he is narrating, explaining, telling us intimately what he knows to be true. He says, trust me. That from the Brantano String Quartet, speaking about the slow movement of Beethoven's Razumovsky Quartet, Opus 59, Number 1. What is wonderful is that our friends at the Northeastern Pennsylvania Chamber Music Society are asking us to trust them. They are offering us a remarkable program that is monumental in scope, but intimate and personal in a way that will touch us deeply. The Northeastern Pennsylvania Chamber Music Society presents To the Stars, featuring a program of influential string quartets spanning over 150 years. Saturday, March 11th at St. Stephen's Episcopal Church in Wilkes-Barre, and again in Whitehaven, Sunday afternoon. On the program, the Philip Glass String Quartet Number no. 3, Mishima, the String Quartet Number no. 8 in C Minor, Opus 110 by Dmitry Shostakovich, and Beethoven's String Quartet Number no. 7 in F Major, Opus 59, Razumovsky Number no. 1.
We had a chance to speak by phone with violinist John Vida and Amy Iwazumi, violist. They are co-founders of the Northeastern Pennsylvania Chamber Music Society, and we had a chance to learn from them what they have in mind in this program. Usually when I put together a program, I start with a, a piece of music that speaks to me that I'm compelled by. This was a little bit different, actually. Um, instead of a piece, I just had a, a thought as it was the, the one-year anniversary of the invasion of Ukraine. Um, what kept coming back to me is that Latin phrase, "Praspera ad astra, through difficulties towards the stars. And with that, I naturally thought of the, the Beethoven, Razumowski Quartet. So the program, I think, was, was built on that premise. And of course, then, you know, the Shostakovich seemed just a natural fit with that as it's you know, dedicated, as, as Shostakovich put it, to the victims of fascism and war. And then the Philip Glass is another kind of piece that I think fits with, with that ethos of, of the program. Amy, when John's mind is turning over like that, in this case, did you resonate with where he was coming from and where he was taking you all? Oh, absolutely. I definitely like the, I guess you could call it the theme of the program. And when we were planning the program, I mean, it was months ago, and war is a volatile thing. So I was afraid that something terrible was going to happen between the time we planned this program and the time that we have the concert. But I guess either way, it would have been appropriate because of the nature of, well, Shostakovich's eighth string quartet and the, the terrors of war. So I basically just go with what John plans because he always has great ideas for programs. I like to think the, the idea was Beethoven's, actually. You know, with, with the Razumovsky quartet, there's this famous story that I guess when he wrote it, one of the comments from, I think it was one of the, the violinists that first read it was that, you know, Mr. Beethoven, we, we just don't understand this music. And Beethoven said something to the effect of, well, it's not music for you, but for the future. And so Beethoven always kind of looking forward. And that's where this idea of the difficulties, light at the end of the tunnel. Everything, you know, I, I find the program to be heavy, profound, but also optimistic at the same time. And it's that slow movement that really grabs us in the Beethoven, doesn't it? Is that the heart of the piece, or it's all of a piece, and that's a moment of the tragic human condition? I mean, I think certainly the, the slow movement is the, the emotional center of the piece. But, you know, this was written in the time we call Beethoven's heroic period. And in this quartet, this is the first time he really expands the genre of the string quartet, and not just in the proportions of the work, but as, as, a, as a medium. Right before the string quartet was relegated to perhaps background music, light instrumental music. But with, with this string quartet in particular, Beethoven's making a statement that this this genre, the string quartet, is meant for this meant for this stage. It's it's deeply profound. And even, you know, the opening measures of, of the piece, there's something very just dignified and forward looking for for that matter, right? The cello starts with the theme and it's something very, um, it's, it's, it's a matter-of-fact beginning. beginning. There's nothing ambiguous about it. And I think the, the entire piece kind of evolves. And as you said, that slow movement is the emotional center. But then we get to you know, the last movement and the Russian theme, and it's certainly the light at the end of the title for this program. 
when you have these pieces in your hearts and your minds and your imaginations, do you know immediately whom you're going to call on? Do you say the cello part in that Beethoven opening, we just got to have our friend Dr. Caravan? Actually, not really. Whoever we, we do choose, we're, we're very fortunate that we have a list of players and who are, of course, our, our good friends that love to come and, and play. Lisa definitely, though, has a very rich, dark sound, and I'm looking forward to playing this piece with her. Arthur, the second violinist, funny story, I was just telling this to somebody a couple minutes ago. We actually went to the Metamont School of Music together, which is a summer music institute in upstate New York, and I hadn't seen him for 20 years until we were both on a film set, actually, this summer for a Netflix film that's coming out. And we reconnected that way, and I, I said, why don't you come out and, and play string quartets with us? So that's how that fell into place. And I also read in his biography that you have on your website that he's played on Saturday Night Live, so he's got a range of experience. Yeah, he's a really wonderful person. He's also a photographer, uh, does some interesting work. Uh, so we're really, really, really excited to have him. I'm always curious, Amy, because we get a sense that the viola is not as prominent in some, but some composers give you all remarkable work. Are there marvelous moments in the Beethoven, since we've just been talking about the Beethoven, that you relish as a violist? Oh, absolutely. There are a lot of moments in the Beethoven, and this string quartet is just, I mean, it's its so grand in so many ways. Everybody has a part, and it's very interwoven. So, yeah, I mean, this whole program, actually, not just the Beethoven, there are a lot of great viola moments that I'm really looking forward to. I was going to say, maybe perhaps Beethoven, though, in a way, kind of started this with this quartet. You know, before Beethoven with, with Haydn, we think of as the father of the string quartet. And with Haydn quartets, of course, there are exceptions, but you know, most of the time it's the first violin that has the melody, and sometimes it gets passed off. But primarily it's first violin with accompaniment. With Beethoven, though, and starting with this quartet, and I think as we, we progress to Shostakovich and Philip Glass, it's certainly not that everyone has to be able to carry their parts. Melody is constantly being passed around. Beethoven quartets are particularly difficult, I think, for second violin, actually. Um, they're uniquely awkward in that way. But the Shostakovich as well, it's, it's just constantly weaving in and out between the different parts. And of course, then the Philip Glass being minimal music, there is no, I guess, I guess a melody. There's no melody and accompaniment. It's all one, one layer of, of sound. And that piece was created from music for a film, and the subject was the complex Japanese writer Mishima, and who had a well-known tragic death. The music glass created for the film is about the biography or evoking the life of Mishima. What do we find here? Philip Glass, uh, he's composed for many other films as well, and he's really good at grasping a, a certain mood, I suppose. Of course, his, his music is known to be very repetitive and it's not necessarily something that you focus on when you're watching the film, but because it's repetitive and it's almost like a, a bed of sound, it melds really well with the film. And I think he really captures the, the struggle, I guess, that Mishima had you know, internally with how he felt about his country and, you know, the direction his country was going and 
I, I'm hoping that I'm still working on it. <laughs> We're hoping to have a visual aspect with the glass so that people can kind of understand who Mishima was and take the music and the, the subject matter kind of blend it together. Yeah, I think, you know, musically, for someone that maybe doesn't, has never heard Philip Glass, as an audience member, perhaps you come away with it singing something of a melody, but not quite knowing what that is. I think each movement definitely has its own style, its own characteristics, its own ethos, but it is, it is melodic in a, in, a, in a strange way. Each composer offers to music and special challenges based on what he or she has written. What makes it exciting to play a piece like this by Philip Glass, for example, which might be different from playing a Haydn string quartet? Uh, I think the challenge of playing Philip Glass is that uh, it is so simple. It, it, I guess, like Mozart, well, even more simple in, in that way, right? There's maybe a series of one or two rhythms that permeates each movement, and then within that, he changes chords. So it just technically is a series of repetitive finger motions, which the struggle or the difficulty with that is just, I think, for stamina. And then also having having a groove with it, keeping those steady beat and with incorporating the uh, the hemiola with that. And just like with the Beethoven, those those strings of, of 16th notes or those um, repetitive figures are constantly being passed between the four different instruments. And you mentioned a connection between the Shostakovich and the Beethoven, and you've given us a sense about the Shostakovich, but let's spend a little bit more time about what's going on in Quartet Number no. 8 with Shostakovich and, again, this sense of wartime and fascism. How does it get expressed musically? So with this quartet, I actually give an assignment to one of my Music 101 classes where I have them create a program for the music. So their assignment is to listen to it and with that come up with a storyline or the movement. The piece is in its five movements but without break. But it's very easy, I think, to to understand what Shostakovich was trying to say and form connections with, with what you hear and create create a visual storyline for yourself. You know, if, if Glass kind of sets the tone for the program, Beethoven perhaps is, at least at the end of it, the light at the end of the tunnel. I think this piece is, is the darkness within. It's, it starts off and it ends just as a profound dark place without, I think, coming to a conclusion. There are, you know, light moments, glimmers of, of hope perhaps, but I think whenever he has that, the hope is maybe encased in, in darkness still and sorrow. What kinds of things have your students heard there, then? So, like I said earlier, the, the piece was dedicated to the victims of fascism and war. Um, and it's very easy to, to hear, I think, perhaps in the second movement, especially, you know, the, the frantic nature of, of picturing an army coming in and shooting. The third movement, it, it's, it's fine. It's kind of this grotesque waltz, almost. Right, it's always in three, and it has that waltz feel, but it's it's tweaked just so that it's almost poking fun at the aristocracy. And then you get to the the fourth movement, and it's just very mournful lament with these. I hear gunshots in in the middle of them. Bum bum bum, bum bum bum. 
And then, like I said, the, the last movement is a return of the first movement. And the other, I think, interesting thing in here is this is the first piece that Shostakovich actually quotes himself. He quotes himself from the first symphony, but he also incorporates his name into the music. So Bach had done this with his name, B-flat, A, C, and B. B natural is, is uh, B in the German language. Shostakovich does this with his name, E-S-C-H. So with that, he, he puts his, his name into it as well. And that theme is, is permeated every single movement of, of the piece. Were people able to hear performances of this work? You know, I'm not sure about the quartet specifically, but the Soviet Union had a way of, well, they took great pride in the artists, in their artists. However, they also, I think, used them to their political advantage. Some chose to flee the country. I think of, you know, violinists like Nathan Milstein, who, who left pretty early on. Shostakovich didn't leave. He, he stayed. And there is you know, a hypothesis that his music is often a reaction to the politics of his time in a way that didn't get him, unlike some of his, his friends and colleagues who who ended up going to the gulags, uh, Shostakovich was, was spared from that. This is a program which is what you started out by saying, John, in a way that Beethoven was saying, this isn't of your time, this is the string quartet and it's for the future, and... So it tells us something about the power of music and our need not just to have entertainment, diversion always, but these are the works that come from the depths of composers' souls and because of the way we are, they speak to us in times like ours. And I think, I think also, to your point, for the audience, for, for us too as players, it, it's a moment in time where it's, it's okay to embrace that sadness and and to deal with it, right? Everything, you know, perhaps doesn't have to be doesn't have to be okay, and but we'll 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 get through it. And we know too that there are musicians in Ukraine who continue to play and sing because it's so important to have such sustenance. Yeah, and I can't speak for Amy, but going to music school, we of course have had many. Russian friends and Ukrainian friends. In fact, the, uh, the Lviv Philharmonic has been doing a tour of the states in the past you know, several weeks. So there is still music thriving, and you know, our, our, I guess our, our hearts goes out for, for all of our friends that are, are caught up in that. I love the fact, John, that you say that it's okay, and in fact, we probably need to embrace the fact of the, of the sadness and even despair but we'll hear the ending of the Beethoven, and that ending, the light at the end of the tunnel, is not one cheaply in Beethoven. He takes us right through the tragedy and the darkness. Yeah, to that point, I mean, the, the piece is just, a, I think, an, an epic work in length and, and just a, as, a, as a statement on life. John Vida, violin, Amy Iwazumi, viola. They are co-founders of the Northeastern Pennsylvania Chamber Music Society, and they are presenting a program titled To the Stars, featuring a program of influential string quartets, and the first performance is Saturday, March 11th at 7 in the evening at St. Stephen's Episcopal Pro Cathedral, 
35 South Franklin Street in downtown Wilkes-Barre. The program will include the string quartet number three of Philip Glass, Mishima, also the Dmitry Shostakovich string quartet number eight in C minor, opus 110, and the Beethoven Razumovsky quartet number one, string quartet number seven in F major, opus 59. The performers, John Vida and Arthur Miller, violins, Amy Iwazumi, viola, and Lisa Caravan, cello. And again, that first program is Saturday, March 11th at 7 in the evening at St. Stephen's Episcopal Church, South Franklin Street in downtown Wilkesbury. And tickets are required for that program. The program will be repeated on Sunday the 12th at the Whitehaven Area Community Library. And that's 121 Tawanda Street in Whitehaven. And again, 3 o'clock there. If you'd like to make reservations for the Whitehaven Area Community Library performance on Sunday afternoon at 3, area code 570-443-8776. 443-8776, the Whitehaven Area Community Library, Tawanda Street in Whitehaven, Sunday the 12th at 3 o'clock. For more information on the web, nepacms.org, N-E-P-A-C-M-S dot O-R-G. To the Stars, Saturday, March 11th at 7 at St. Stephen's Church, 35 South Franklin Street in Wilkes-Barre, Philip Glass, Dmitry Shostakovich, and Beethoven. And again, the program will be heard on Sunday afternoon at 3 at the Whitehaven Area Community Library, and that's Tawanda Street in Whitehaven. And for tickets to the one on Saturday, March 11th at 7 in the evening at St. Stephen's, nepacms.org, N-E-P-A-C-M-S dot org.